Searching for Canada's best startups. The Pitch Please Podcast. Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Give us your best pitch. Pitch please. Three, two, one. Connecting with Canada's startups to learn about their business and the amazing people behind them. Follow along and hear some of the most interesting ideas in startups from across Canada. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pitch Please podcast. It's Mike here again. Today, we are joined by Tanika McLeod from Click or Minute Skill. Little bit of a pivot there. So, I'm going to toss it over to you for a quick introduction and maybe you can give us a little bit of background on your role. And a little bit of the difference between what Minute Skill and Click are, and which one we're going to be talking about today. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Hi, everyone. I'm Tanika. I am the co founder of Minute Skill and Click. So, a bit about me I got into entrepreneurship about three and a half years ago now when my younger brother and co founder, Nathan, came to me with an idea. Like, he just notoriously has this little book of ideas that he's had since a kid. I love Um, that. It's really cute. Um, not going to lie. Don't tell him that. So he came to me and he was like, hey, you know, we're more financially stable at the moment. Do you want to pursue one of these ideas with me? At the time, I was finishing my master's. He was finishing his bachelor's in biomed. My master's was in sociolegal studies. I have a very non-traditional entrepreneurship background, uh, studying criminology, political science, and law. And so around that time, I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Let's try this. I was a little bit kind of disillusioned with the labor market already. So I was very into looking at entrepreneurship as a way out. And um, we actually started in health tech. And this was around the summer of 2019. Hence, I was biomed background. And then as you can imagine, yeah, really rough timing, because shortly thereafter, it was very hard to talk to doctors, of course. And so eventually we did kind of sunset that and just kind of play around in the entrepreneurship and innovation space. Nathan went on to do his master's at TMU in engineering, innovation and entrepreneurship. And that's really where MinuteScale was born. So the idea came from wanting to solve the problem of learning in the flow of work. Like Nathan was doing his master's and it was all online. And it was like the worst experience. He was learning things in class that he just couldn't apply in real time in real life because of the sort of linear structure of courses, I think. They just cover every topic in detail, one after the other, whether or not you're applying that at that moment. That's not the best way to learn. And so he found himself like really just exploring social media to try to learn these things. And we had been doing that for years prior, just trying to learn how to be a founder and how to build a startup from YouTube videos and Instagram and wherever we could find information, blog articles. And so around this time, we started to join accelerators and they helped us learn from a more reliable source for sure. But the structure of learning was still very much like a classroom where you show up. It's like a long seminar, maybe an hour, two hours. You're talking about every topic one after another, whether or not you're applying it to your business. And so we're like, there's got to be a better way to learn in the flow of your work. And so we wanted to kind of bring together the engaging aspects of social media that draw us there to learn in the first place and engage with people and then give it that more structure and reliability of maybe traditional e-learning platforms. Pull those things together and create more of a social learning network where people can come together, learn from bite-sized videos that teach you that specific thing you're trying to learn, like one step in a process or how to complete maybe like a one pager for your business. If we're talking about a pitch deck, let's talk about each slide one by one instead of like an hour long session on how to create a pitch deck. 
So that was really the vision there. And our early adopters let us know that like community was really important as well. Content can't answer all of the questions. And so we paired that bite-sized learning with engaging communities where you could join other people who were learning the same thing, ask questions, share your experiences, and really just learn from your peers. And so that was great. I won't get too into the weeds here in terms of our story. We can unpack it a bit. But we went to Antler with that vision, pre-product. And they loved the team and they loved our ability to learn and our disposition towards learning, understanding that we don't know everything that we need to know right now in order to build this vision. But we are wholly committed to learning everything we need to along the way and that we're a pretty resilient team. We could overcome challenges, think creatively, and we weren't easily discouraged. So we ended up raising $220,000 with Antler Canada as one of the first five portfolio companies. Antler is a global accelerator VC fund, and this was the first time that they actually came to Canada. And that was great. We launched Miniscale shortly thereafter. And that was around, I would say, March, pretty much a year ago. Uh, I think a year ago, maybe five days in five days. And that was an incredible experience. Like we did a lot of the typical startup things like over the summer, going to Collision and Elevate and all of that. And it was towards the end of last year when we really needed to reflect on what we had done with Minuteskill. A lot of our early adopters told us we, we really struggled to create bite-sized content. And I'm sure you as a podcaster, right? Like trying to find memorable parts of your podcast on your own is like fucking impossible. It's harder than creating the actual long-form content. Yeah, because you're not just listening to it through once. You've got to listen to it multiple times, slice everything up. Did you cut it at the right moment? Did it fit the output size of content that needs to exist for the reality? It's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. why I'm so excited to learn today. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. It's absolutely insane. And so, I mean, Minute Skill was created for learning purposes, but we also recognize that like there's a marketing side to educating online, right? You got to bring people to your video in the first place. And so, yeah, just creating the bite-sized content and then trying to market that content across different platforms was just like impossible. And so we had actually started working on Click around September of last year, so September 2022, without really knowing that it would become what it became. We just wanted to create a really scrappy solution to this problem that our early adopters mentioned to us. And it was really the brainchild of our CTO, Sina. He was like, guys, I can just scrap something together in like a week and let's just see how people respond to it. And that, that is like, that is entrepreneurial gold, you know, when you can just put something out there to see what people think, like that's really what you want to do. So we did that. We got some good feedback. And then a few months later, around December 2022, we had to really think about what do we want to do moving forward? Do we want to continue pushing a minute skill and developing the features that we think it needs? Or do we want to take a second and solve this more urgent problem, a problem that we thought was more urgent and relevant? And was kind of necessary to unlock the use case for minute skill in the first place. If people can't create bite-sized content very easily, they can't share it in a community very easily. So yeah, we did that. We kind of reflected, we pivoted a bit, and my team met every single day over the holidays to ideate and build click. We had done some research as well with our users prior to. So we just had that info to kind of build this MVP. And just to put into perspective, like Minute Skill as a double-sided platform, it it required like eight, maybe like close to twelve months of building, uh, just to kind of roll that out. Click took two months to roll out. A, I think an MVP that far more quickly 
solves the problem that we want to solve for our early adopters now. So many questions. Um, maybe let's start by rolling back a little bit. I want to I want to address that book that you talked about, your brother's idea book. And was that something he's had like since childhood? And when he was writing those ideas, did you ever think you would be sitting here as a co-founder with your brother diving in, pivoting left and right across these ideas to change the world? Like, was that in your roadmap back then? Or was it always like you were inspired by his his thinking around ideas and writing them down? And it was nice, but you really didn't think you'd be here. What's sort of the background there? Yeah, it's amazing. You know, like this book, it's like this little bestie book now. It's It's old. But yeah, he's had it forever. He was always a really like entrepreneurial minded person really like great at thinking outside of the box and we had actually had a really challenging childhood and so I think that this was a way for him to like I don't know like see a future and like pursue that future and have something that he wanted to strive towards and I think that's also what underlies a lot of our like overarching mission which is to have an impact in this world in in various ways it's really stemming from a place of struggle and wanting to make the world or at least spaces or pockets in the world better for people like us who have maybe come from low income, who are racialized, who et cetera, et cetera. Like there's so many different social locations that might alienate people today. And so it was really, I think for him, about having that impact on the world despite where he comes from. And for me growing up, I think, you know, we both actually, we daydreamed a lot. Like we would yeah, just kind of daydream to escape sort of the situation that we were in as kids. And that has really helped us think that like anything is possible. So for me, it wasn't really like, a, oh, I don't think this will ever happen. It was like, great, hold on to those golden nuggets because one day we'll be able to act on that. And I think it was the perfect time when he came to me and proposed that because we were both more ready to jump into that kind of world than ever before. And I, I don't think I could have ever imagined doing what we're doing today. I will say, and we'll get into it, but it's a really exciting world like that we're living in right now, especially when it comes to advancements in gen generative AI. And so I never, ever would have imagined that me as like a non-technical person would be playing in this space and like prompting one of the most powerful generative AI models like LLMs in the world. So yeah, I'm it's like a bit of both. I knew that we could do something incredible, but I never would have imagined what we're doing now. It's cool that it's an inspiring story and it's cool that you both kind of went on this quest or journey with the spark of ideas in the book together and kind of dreamed that one or more of them would be something that inspires the journey to really go change the world around you. And so it's a really it's an inspiring story and it's cool to see the work that you're doing together now. Now, was your brother's first startup that he asked you to join, was that Minute Skill or was that the health tech one before it? And then Minute Skill, I know we're going to talk more about Click today, but is Minute Skill on pause? It still is existing. Is this a hard pivot? Like, help me just understand that a bit because I know we're going to talk about Click probably for the rest of the podcast. So I just want to sort of ground in what, what's going on there. Yeah. So the very first project or startup that he came to me with was the health tech one. We were just really trying to solve the problem of your healthcare information being so scattered in Canada. Like you can visit a doctor in one place, a doctor in another place, and they just won't even know what has happened in your medical record. And so solving that problem, especially for like hospitals and, and uh, the ER situation. And so, of course, that was not even a thing that 
could be considered after like February of 2022. Um, it doesn't mean it's not useful, by the way. It's just timing no, sometimes yeah. on these things is so incredibly important. And obviously for you to get any type of audience in that space yeah. at that time would have been incredibly tough. I can totally imagine. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And we also learned like as a first time founder, it's really challenging to get into certain spaces. Health tech, probably one of them. There are just a lot of high stakes there. And so we recognize that and we we're fine with that. Minute Skill really came about through his master's. So in terms of where it's at right now, we have a few clients who are still using it like Schulich School of Business, one of the top business schools here in Canada. They are using it right now. So we do keep it operational for them and on our other clients. And we are looking to revisit the problem that we were solving. But now we have a bit of a different perspective. And I think that also different use cases open up with generative AI and what we're learning with it. So ultimately, we do want to help people learn in their flow of work in a community much more quickly than currently you can today. But the way that we solve that problem, I think, will change from the way that minute skill currently looks. And that is something that I'm really excited about. Super cool. Antler, where or how does that play in? Is Antler, for anyone that doesn't know, are they like a VC? Are they like an incubation hub? Where does Antler fit into this journey for you and your brother? Yeah, so Antler, oh my God, it's crazy. So we joined a lot of accelerators through MinuteSkill. We joined the IBZ at TMU. We joined TreeFrog. We joined YSpace, a couple of different accelerator programs at YSpace. One of our mentors from TreeFrog, his name's Chris Carter. Might have heard of him. He's very big in the Schulich startup space. He is, oof, don't quote me on his position at Schulich, but he is, I think, a co-director of their Office of Innovation. Really influential guy in this space. Incredible mentor. And he was the one who put Antler on our radar. He was like, have you heard of Antler? We're like, never. <laughs> he was like, hey, you should look them up. And they're coming to Canada. You should apply. And I think applications were like closing very soon. So it was a little bit of a rush. But he really supported us in, in applying. And we ha all had interviews. We pitched to them in person. It was a really incredible experience. And like I said, I think they... They really valued the way that our team looked at learning and that we understood our number one goal when it comes to building an early stage startup is learning quickly and adapting quickly, right? And even my brother, Nathan, he has a saying that it's not the smartest founder in the room. It's not the most wealthy or those with the closest proximity to capital who win. It is those founders who learn and adapt quickly and never give up basically. And that is who I think that perfectly defines our entire team. And so that's what Antler, I think, valued. And we joined their program in January of 2022. And it's a, like a three-month program, typically for people who don't have a current startup or co-founders, and they're looking for a co-founder, and they build an idea together in the program. They pitch it at the end of the three months. They make exceptions for a handful of preformed teams. We were one of those. And yeah, we pitched at their demo day and we were one of the five companies who were selected for investment. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. It's cool to be in the first Canadian cohort. It's even cooler to be one of the fewer that don't get built within Antler, but also come in with a team that gets fully embraced by the Antler team. And I think it'll be cool to maybe do a spotlight on the show on Antler for people trying to do a similar thing, since I know a lot of people are at that. I have an idea to change the world and they just maybe don't know where to start or how to get the other piece of the puzzle. 
you were fortunate to have that and have someone that you've known for a very long time and can trust and equally are inspired by a similar mission. So which which is rare. Doesn't always happen that way, right? So maybe let's dive into click a little bit. Since this show is called Pitch Please, we have to start with your best elevator pitch. So when you can, Tanika, your pitch, please. Yeah, let's do it. So the social media strategy for 2023 is very much about omnipresence, right? Having an online presence across multiple platforms. But for creators and especially educational creators, that is really challenging. Like they don't have the time, the resources, the money to allocate to that strategy. They're educators. They're not marketers. Even as you were saying earlier, right? Like the editing part, that's not why you're here. And so that's why we created Click. You can just give it a long form video podcast and it will give you shareable clips as well as write content for all of your favorite platforms like LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and even long form content like blogs and newsletters so that you can be omnipresent without having to either pay a lot of money or put in a lot of time. So we see it as we're helping creators grow their audience across platforms with one click. See what I did there? It's a little... Ah, we both like puns. Please click. It's good. I love it. So I think, you know, we talked a lot about how it got started, the pivot or incremental addition to to get click from MinuteScale was from a from some of your early adopters. And I think you started talking a little bit about it there, but who ultimately are going to be the users of this? Because there's the users of Minute Skill that were your earlier adopters, and there's probably the path forward of who you truly see building. You mentioned creators, but who's sort of like the whole whole space that might use this and who's sort of like your focus or bullseye in this space? Yeah. So in terms of the broader scope, um, content creators generally podcasters, people who create webinars to market their company or their business or their services. Narrowing that down, more so educational creators, micro creators who are trying to build their audience. They have great knowledge to share, but they're not necessarily like super pro creators or like in terms of the videos, they're not editors. Copywriting and marketing may not be strong suits for them, but they have a wealth of knowledge to share. And so those are really the people that we want to speak to because what we want to do is really like eliminate a lot of the economic barriers to succeeding in social media in this age, right? Like the idea that your content's lifespan on certain platforms can be like seconds, right? Like on TikTok, it's like immediately just gone into the ether. When we talk about the strategy being omnipresence, being able to share your content across platforms, when we really talk about what that means, it means that you either have that expertise or you have the money and that's kind of it. Otherwise, it's a huge uphill struggle. And so for us, we see that as a major economic barrier, right? Like creators who can afford to pay people to do that can afford to be omnipresent. And that's just not fair, right? People have a wealth of knowledge regardless of like what resources they have to put into their marketing. So we just want to make it like instead of it being like a team sport, I think I've heard this recently in another podcast that social media in 2023 will be a team sport. We think that your team can just be you and click until you have the ability to evolve into a broader team, it shouldn't be prohibitively expensive for you to get your like your information and your voice and your brand out there. I'm so excited to learn more because I actually faced this problem. I love having these discussions. I love finding 
a variety of other conversations to have. I like sharing that knowledge because I think sometimes it doesn't get always the spotlight it deserves, not just the founder stories, not just the ideas that people are working on, but like not always just the success stories, the hardships, the journey um, are super powerful, but I can't, I mean, I'm sure I could learn it, but you know, my core capability is not audio or video editing or coming up with a ton of social content, which takes far longer than people would ever imagine when you have to start to slice and splice it. Now, before we dive into the product, I wanted to talk about a piece that you mentioned earlier, which was the speed at which you were able to create click compared to minute skill and the power of AI and LLMs, large language models. Did AI play into the speed at which you were able to bring this to market or was it your experience of bringing minute skill to market or a bit of both? Yeah, definitely a bit of both. So starting with the minute skill experience, we're still early stage startups or founders ourselves. So I think that sometimes when people see a lot of like the media coverage on us, they think that we're like super far ahead and we're doing all these crazy things. But no, we're just like, we're still trying to figure our shit out like anybody else. So with minute skill, we did we definitely fell into one of those early stage founder traps, which is that I think it's like an, related to an assumption that your product needs to be fully fleshed out and perfect before you can put it into the world. And if you release something that isn't your full vision and somebody hates it, your customers hate it, you're done for it. You're like never going to work in this town again. Like it just feels overwhelming like that sometimes. And so with Minute Skill, we definitely we overbuilt the product right? It was more than an MVP. And not only that, but we weren't as closely connected to our users throughout that building process. We weren't getting their feedback at every turn. We were getting their feedback like at the end, you know, after months and months and months of effort and time and resources only to need to revise and adapt after that point. And so we learned a huge lesson there, which is that you need to very quickly get your product out there. And this is something that Michael Seibel talks about in Y Combinator's latest YouTube video on how to launch an MVP. You need to get your product out there as quickly as possible so that you can actually start learning from your users. You don't really start to learn from your customer, from your target audience until you have something in front of them. And they can tell you realistically whether that actually solves their problem, whether it actually helps them accomplish the goals they're trying to accomplish. And that's where you learn and iterate and adapt to the market. You can't really do that just in your head or in the echo chamber within your own team. You must get it out there. So that was something we learned with Minute Skill, and we totally took that approach with Click. And that is why it took us only two months to really get it out there. And truly, the build was maybe a month and a half. And the rest of the time was just a lot of the marketing, the setup, the go-to-market, connecting our Stripe is like still a thing. Yeah, we really took that approach. But in addition to that, generative AI definitely played a role. A couple of members on my team and myself are very early adopters of ChatGPT. And we were actually working with generative AI prior to that whole like big, I don't know, hype around ChatGPT. We were already creating video titles and summaries back in September. So we just kind of amplified that. So it helped us learn a bit more about the space, but also a lot of the like copywriting and marketing and the strategic like go to market stuff. That stuff we were really able to expedite with 
ChatGPT because it really helped us just rephrase some of what we wanted to get out there. We're not, I'm not a copywriter. That's for damn sure. Like I have people on my team like Mano, who's a genius in that space, but he can't be doing all of that himself. So it helped the rest of our team kind of find ways to articulate the value propositions of the product in a way that was just better suited for our target audience. It helped us as a team clarify our target audience a bit. And I do want to say you want to be careful of like hallucinations, right? We all know that like these large language models can just say shit, make shit up. That sounds palling. So you got to be careful of that. But at a general level, when it comes to like, right, it really helped us just get that out of the way, which was something that really held us up with minutes ago. That's, it's funny, it comes back to what we were talking about just before the show, which is a piece that I want to start doing a whole bunch of podcasts just on this bit within the startup space, which is use it, build it, break it. How are startups using AI to accelerate what they're building? How are startups building AI into their product set, which you did with Click, and at the same time, break it, which is disrupting traditional models, business models. And the one you're disrupting, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong here, is content development and copywriting at speed for creators in the world where maybe people had to go hire someone full time or maybe do it part time through Fiverr Upwork. You're now empowering the creators to do that or maybe have one person on their team still but they can go do this and many other things way faster. Like you were talking about Mano on your team, amazing copywriter. It's still a bottleneck when it's only one person. And so one person can do way more with AI. So you, it's cool to see that you've actually been in all three of those. You're using it, you're building it, and you're breaking it. And I love that. I want to talk a little bit about how this actually works, and mostly for the listeners, but also for me. And if you can talk from the start of like how someone onboards and then how they go through it to use click and is it just for video is it for audio only obviously we were talking before the show my podcast so far has been primarily audio only mostly because i'm not a video editor and the video quality has been meh and i plan to change that so does it require like a fully edited video podcast to work can it use audio and sort of walk me through the process for our listeners and maybe some of that's even in the roadmap but let's learn yeah, absolutely. So yeah, when you log into Click, it's just like a simple sign up and then you're on the homepage and it tells you to start a project, just drag and drop a video, like a file, upload it from your device. You can also upload from Google Drive with a link and we are rolling out a YouTube integration as well. Yeah. And in the future, we will be supporting audio only. Right now, I think it's only video. I'd have to double check, but we are looking to roll out audio only as well so that, yeah, video or audio only podcast can also benefit. And so what happens after that, once you've uploaded your video or your audio, um, it will process that. You'll see it in like a projects page. It'll say processing for a few minutes. You'll get an email when the results are up, but usually it takes just a few minutes. It really depends on how long the file was. And then once you click into that project, you'll see all of your clips that it has generated for you. You'll see your master clip as well. And then you can kind of you have like this little simple video editor in the middle of the page where you can see the clip that you clicked on and you can even like trim the ins and outs of that. We'll be integrating other kinds of video intelligence like aspect ratios, different aspect ratios for different platforms and even like a dynamic aspect ratio that can just kind of hold your subject even if they move. And a few other things like we're working on reclipping, like you can clip your clips even smaller and for particular arms. So like 
seven to 15 seconds for TikTok, maybe 30 seconds for an Instagram reel, maybe three to five minutes or even longer for LinkedIn. So all of that will be coming soon. And on the same page, you also see the written content that you can generate. So you'll see a button for LinkedIn, Instagram, and TikTok right now, as well as blogs, newsletters haven't come out. And when you click on that, there's just a little side panel with the generated content. And you can open that up to be a bigger text editor. You can edit that text right in the window. You can copy it. You can download all of those assets. You can generate new drafts. So for instance, if you like some of this LinkedIn post, but you're not quite sold on the rest, you can generate another one and see if you can mesh those together. The idea is not for AI to write 100% of your content, but to just get you like 99% of the way there. And you do that 1% of editing that just puts the most effort or sorry, not effort, puts the most value into the content. So that's really, yeah, what it does at the moment. But we've got some really exciting features that we'll be rolling out as well. That's amazing. So I should hurry my butt up and start getting some video out. But it sounds like you'll catch up to my slowness and also have some audio. Um, yeah, it should be soon. Can it, so I guess part of that is equally learning here. I guess I'll have to have an edited video because part of what it probably does is pans between the speakers. So I need like the full clip of edited audio and video as an input. And it goes through and it'll find like moments within the podcast that are like, topic based so it assumes hey here's a good topic that is a an entire comprehensive thought that can be put out there as content and then creates it in all the different aspect ratios pumps it out for all those different things but also can help write based on those clips as well is that sort of the right thinking yeah that's the vision so right now what it does is it'll cut up the video based on the topics discussed but it doesn't highlight the themes yet but that's one of the things that we're rolling out soon which is that you can identify different themes and topics that were discussed and just kind of click on those keywords and it'll show you all of the clips where you talk about that topic and you can kind of have it smart select clips for you as well as for speakers as well. So if you thought like, oh, I said something that was really cool or Tanika said something that was really cool, you can just kind of highlight that and create cool. clips that way. Yeah. And the written content is really cool because it also takes into consideration the tone of voice in the video itself. So that it doesn't just sound like an AI robot. That doesn't really sound like you or your... We can really tailor it to your personal tone of voice as well as a brand tone of voice. A brand tone of voice will come out later, but right now, definitely looking at your tone of voice to write that content. For sure. So like we're talking casual. So the output of the post would be more casual in nature to to highlight. That's super interesting. And does the video auto caption as well? Not yet, but soon. Yeah. So we'll be rolling out some things like like auto captions and even like captions for different platforms. So, you know, like the Instagram real style captions that are burned into your video, things like that will be rolling out as well. That's amazing. I will be, I've already opened up your website simultaneously. So I'm going to be signing up to try this out. As I'm going to go through that, I I guess I have to start getting on some video too. But in this space, I mean, it's so new. They're competitors. Like, how do you see the landscape today? I imagine there has to be similarities, but what's your sort of view of the competitive landscape and content creation um, at scale and leveraging digital tools? Yeah. So I think there will be more closely aligned competitors. At the moment, we have some competitive alternatives that don't do the full thing. So they'll either work with video or they'll generate content but they don't do both in one place. 
and I, I don't know why. But I do think it, it has it's related to some of the inherent limitations of the models that we've had previously, like 3.5 and prior, yeah. which is the context window. Anybody who's working with generative AI right now as a prompt engineer, it, like that's your the bane of your existence is this context window, which is basically how much content you can feed into the model and how much it can give you in total. Like those two things combined is your context window. And it has a token limit of about 4,000 tokens. Tokens are just like characters, uh, like letters, pieces of words that OpenAI uses to kind of train their model and charge you for using their model. I don't know too much of that, but it's basically the words broken down. And so 4,000 tokens is not a lot of context. You couldn't feed it like a whole transcript of a video, for instance. We're solving that problem really creatively. That's kind of our secret sauce. So I could imagine that's why there aren't really many people doing what we do right now. I think that may change in the near future as that context window expands. But I think it is really still pretty challenging to work with video in the way that we are because it's deeply connected to the way that we are writing the content. And that's a really tricky sort of thing to prompt. That's, again, part of our secret sauce. So as much as there are these goliaths in the copywriting space, copy, AI, Jasper, um, they so far haven't really cracked that tone of voice, like your personal tone of voice. That's our sort of defensible differentiator in that regard. And when it comes to competitors like maybe Chopcat, Veed, IO, and others who work with video, they don't help you do that insane process of copywriting. So you can have a bunch of video clips, but you'll still end up spending a shit ton of time writing copy for each of those clips. So yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking. Over time, we'll see into uh, impersonators of sorts, which is always great. But I think that the way that we do what we're doing will always be our defense, our defensible mode. I love it. There is, to your point, I've seen some of the ones you were mentioning. There's one I have started using, which works not for video, it takes only your audio input and helps find moments from just the audio input and allows you to basically splice those audio bits and just have the the captions. And then it uses AI-generated video versus your own video. I can imagine your own video is so much harder and capturing that tone and all of the social outputs of text. I'll share it after. I'm not going to mention their name here. I'm not going to give them free cool. ad space yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. But I can see all of the problems that you're talking about where I'm like, I'm looking at how challenging it is to even get to perfect on just audio and how much work I'm still having to do. Like, yes, helping me find 15 key moments in a 42 minute podcast that are like cohesive thought strings is helpful, but I'm still doing so much more after that. I still have to write social posts. I still have to, and so if you can integrate a bunch of these things, to your point, from one transcript, super powerful. And then if you can get the video editing right. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to sign up. Um, yeah. And if I can, before we move on, give you a little bit yeah. of a sneak peek as to what's coming. Love so, it. yeah, we had a conversation with one of our early adopters and longtime supporters, Mike Ashy. Definitely check him out. He's a content creator. He's on YouTube and other platforms. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, Mike Ashy, check him out. Shout out to Mike. He actually helped us see that we were helping creators grow their audiences across platforms with one click. Like that was his idea. Shout out again. And what he proposed to us was a user experience that's slightly different from what we have now. And so our team's actually very seriously like talking about this. 
But the idea that you could just drop your video and it tells you how many Instagram posts you have, how many TikTok posts you have, et cetera, et cetera. It just tells you that, gives you those clips, gives you the content written, and you just yeah. kind of review it by clip, post by post, just kind of schedule that into a calendar and like set it and forget it. And so that's the experience that we're striving towards now, which is like eliminating as many of those steps as possible so that one day you can just kind of drag and drop this um oh i'm seeing a little error message here you can just kind of drag and drop your content into click and it will handle the rest basically and you just kind of like a manager you maybe review the work and schedule it to go so yeah i think that if anybody is like a content creator even a podcaster if you're creating webinars to market your business your services definitely check us out now because we don't have all of this right now But your feedback is what will help us build something that ultimately serves you best. So I think now is a really great time to join and see what's going on and actually shape the future of Click. So wanted to mention that like a shout out. I'm in. I got to go figure out how to get and maybe I'll get permission from a few of the people, even though the video might not be perfect. I think there's a few things I've picked up and something even people have been telling me. And you said it around how you brought Click to market. This video... I mean, it's not nearly as good as the bar people have set for video content out there. But to your point, sometimes just actually getting it out while it's not perfect is actually better than not putting it out. So I might just go back to some of the videos like this and make them work, even if they're not perfect, and start playing with it. And I would love to to probably be a, a an immediate customer if you will let me and be a part of that feedback loop, which sounds like it'll be pretty cool. I just got to go figure out, and maybe you even have some advice for this, The next step of this is, and I guess I'll play around with Zencaster a little bit too. I'm trying to figure out how to go take, as not a video editor, these podcasts and pump them out as edited videos very simply. So now that I'm actually exploring that, I'll probably look to Zencaster in the short term. I think it has some of those capabilities in there. And you may have been the forcing function and the push I needed. So thank you for inspiring me to to hurry it up, light a little bit of a fire. So how does Click... I mean, I think I know, but how does Click make money off of this? Like, what's the business model? Is it monthly subscription based, content based? L- let me know how that works a little bit. Since I am wanting to join as a cl- customer, I need to know what I'm about to pay here. Yeah, no, totally. So it's a monthly subscription at the moment. You'll have a set number of hours of content or minutes of content that you can upload, okay. as well as a set number of content credits so every time you click generate a linkedin post or whatever that'll use up a certain number of your content credits and if you ever run out of those you can purchase more like with a one-time kind of top up but generally we have three subscription plans at the moment they range from 30 dollars a month to around 100 dollars a month that are most premium at the moment we're offering our early adopters discounts on those prices and they will change over the years as we build out more value in Click, but our early adopters will have basically a direct line to our product team, as well as myself and my co-founder, Nathan, and also those discounts and some other perks that we've got in the works. I love it. When I think about just the value, you could literally put this alongside somebody that is helping you and just the speed and efficiency, like $30, people charge that to create one clip. Um, exactly. So, so amazingly powerful. So I look forward to doing that. So you said you're in early stage, but it's, is it a closed beta? Can anybody sign up? 
you know, we're end of March now. We'll probably pump this podcast out in the couple next couple of weeks. So around sort of the late April, early May timeframe, or maybe sooner, where will things be? And what stage are you sort of at in the Click journey? Yeah. So right now, Click is released to our wait list. We had a wait list around 50 people. But you can join from our website. We offer a free trial to everyone who joins. And around early May or early April, uh, we will be opening that up more sort of publicly, even though it is kind of public right now. So your audience might be getting like some early news on that, depending on when this comes out. But yeah, so we'll be opening it up more publicly in April. And it's still a beta. So it's still like very much a work in progress. We're releasing new features every two weeks. And then around like June, summertime is when we look to really like publicly launch. Once we've got a few more core features worked out and we know from our early adopters that it's good to go at that level. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited to join that journey with you. So I'll be signing up this weekend. I don't have any video to pump into it yet. So I'm going to very quickly get on that. Maybe this will be one of the first episodes. If not, I might even go back a couple episodes to bring that to life and make that happen. You've talked about it a little bit, but sort of the next six months to year for Click, what is that? What's that look like? It sounds like there's some roadmap development in there, but are there any other big milestones or things that you're thinking about over the next six to 12 months between you and Nathan? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the product roadmap will be really exciting over the next six months and even the year. Like I mentioned, just kind of creating that new user experience where it's very much like your AI assistant in video repurposing. But we are looking to really explore some of the creative and exciting features that generative AI opens up where it can really embrace that assistant type role you can kind of highlight text and say rewrite it in this way you can give it feedback you can just ask it to maybe generate a few tiktok posts on this topic things like that really excited to explore with our early adopters of course we'll probably be launching on product hunt at some point in the near future that will be exciting our end goal here is to really solve this problem to the point where any creator can share their content across multiple platforms with minimal effort and then return to the problem that we're solving with minute skill and really look at how we can marry those two things so if we're solving this problem for educational creators now we'll have a community of educational creators with bite-sized clips who want to share that in a community and we can properly revisit minute skill and that problem that we're solving so yeah that's i think what the next year or so will look like who knows the space is changing very rapidly But yeah, we're very committed to exploring generative AI and really just doubling down on the incredible value that it's opening up for this space and others. That's incredible. If people want to learn more or help, are there any call to actions? It sounds like there's some around sign up, but what are sort of your big things that you are looking to drive and where can people find out more? Yeah. So again, for all of your content creators, podcasters, people who create webinars, definitely check us out. We want to hear from you what would make this the ultimate sort of tool or assistant for yourself. So definitely check us out. You can also follow our journey on our socials, which have been a little bit quiet lately. I'm not going to lie. If you look at our socials, you can't really tell what's going on. We did that on purpose because sometimes building in public can be a bit of a distraction. We really just wanted to focus on 
like our early adopters and what we're doing. But over the next few months, those should come to life again. So our LinkedIn and our Instagram, you can follow us there. And that what's is the, it. For what's now. the handle? I'm going to give you a follow right now on the, is it one click or is it click? It's actually, I think it's still minute skill. So check okay. that out. Yeah. And then that's Instagram. It's still minute skill. And yeah. on LinkedIn, it is click powered by minute skill which is likely the branding you'll start to see across all of our, our website, et cetera. Yeah, and you can also follow us personally on on LinkedIn. I, I got to admit, I'm not on there too much because it is very hectic. Like there's a lot going on LinkedIn. So apologies for anybody in my inbox waiting for a reply. But yeah, follow us on those platforms. That's amazing. And we'll make sure to drop all this in the show notes. Um, Tanika, Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited about the product you're building, not just for the world, but for myself selfishly. Your story has been inspiring. I can totally re relate anyone that knows me. I don't think I have like a book. I have like a OneNote, but the ideas are always fizzing. And I love hearing the amazing ideas that others are doing to help change or improve the world around them. And I'm glad to see an equally passionate person doing just that and succeeding at it. Today's podcast, I've learned so much. It's cool to hear how you're using it, building it, breaking it with AI and living on the forefront of that. Any closing thoughts from your side before we wrap up for today? Yeah, for any entrepreneurs in your space, which I think creators fall under that category, for sure, podcasters, definitely. A couple of learnings that we had, which is that you really do just have to get out there and learn from your actual market, from your target audience. Speak to the people that you want to serve directly. Don't just hypothesize about them with yourself and your team. But also just to really drive home those characteristics of our team that I believe are very important to our success today, which is that you got to be open to learning. And learning is pretty painful. Learning sometimes requires a little bit of failure along the way. And I put that in air quotes because... It's never really failure if you learn from it. That's totally part of the process. So don't be afraid to take risks, to put yourself out there, to potentially fail sometimes. But you have to have that mindset of learning and adapting your behavior to your market. That is the key, I think, to success in entrepreneurship. And of course, never giving up on your convictions, on your mission. Keep a stranglehold on the problem you're trying to solve and the people you're trying to solve it for mostly the people you're trying to solve it for and be open to iterating and pivoting when you need to don't hold on to your solution too hardly like that is the aftermath of understanding your customer best and the problem that they think is most worth solving when you do these things i think that over time you'll start to see that progress that you're hoping to see. Sometimes it feels like you're running in like a hamster wheel kind of running in circles and i think that learning is the best way to break out of that and to continue to progress forward. So don't ever give up on that. It's tough, but it's basically the journey. Amazingly wise words to close us out and to inspire others. Thanks again, Tanika, for joining us. Thank you, everybody who tuned in, and we'll make sure to catch you on the next episode. Have a good night. You've been listening to the Pitch Please Podcast. Pitch Please. Pitch Please. <laughs> Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Tune in for regular episodes and show notes at pitchplease.ca. And make sure to give us a follow on your favorite podcast platform.
Pitch Please, a Bluemex podcast, is hosted by Michael Thibodeau and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. For more Pitch Please content subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord.